I don't know if you know this. The Florida Gators play in roughly tomorrow. I don't know when you're listening to this, man. But the Florida Gators play tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. How can they approach this South Carolina game? I'm going to tell you on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. I'm so happy it's Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenberg with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, review, all that jazz. Um, if you want to subscribe, I'm trying to hit like 3,000-ish by the end of the season. So shooting for that. Not far away. Might push it. Whatever. But Florida plays South Carolina tomorrow. And I'm excited for it. I do think that there's... Look, look Florida's favored by eight. Uh, I don't think they should be favored by eight. I think they might win by eight. I don't think they should be favored by eight. I think they should be favored by like four and a half, five-ish. Um, but the approach for South Carolina is conceptually pretty easy. Execution makes it way different. But I think against the South Carolina team, one of the biggest things you have to do is with is operate with pre-snap motion. Florida right now has been running pre-snap motion on, I believe the exact number is 49.2% or something like that. They use pre-snap motion quite a bit. Almost every other play has pre-snap motion. That, that has picked up in recent weeks as well. The main reason I think that you really have to work with pre-snap motion against South Carolina is a defense that plays a lot of man coverage. That's what South Carolina likes to do. Uh, Andrew Lyons yesterday with Locked On Gamecocks brought that up where he's like, hey, a lot of man coverage. They love doing it. When you run with pre-snap motion, it helps you identify the coverage based on if someone shadows that receiver, if the whole defense just shifts, if just the secondary shifts, everything helps you identify what defense the defense is operating and what coverage the defense is operating in, in case you decide to pass the ball. That's important. Also, could could cause a little bit of confusion on the defensive side of the ball, maybe get someone out of position and all that. Another reason that I think you have to operate with a lot of pre-snap motion, I mean like 60% of your plays should involve pre-snap motion. This is a very aggressive defense. They like to send five. They like to send six. They're aggressive. They're physical. That's great. When you run those pre-snap motions, let's say, let's say I'm adjusting right in front of you because I want you to see if I'm Anthony Richardson and I'm not nearly as talented, but if I'm Anthony Richardson and I've got Ricky Pearsall or Xavier Henderson running in motion in front of me, if they look like they're blitzing, I'm not saying make it an option play, but if they're blitzing, we can have a little quick little pitch, quick little jet touch pass, quick little handoff, whatever it is you want to do. They can run right by, and if you're quick enough, quick, or if you accelerate quick enough, we'll say, 
you can run around that edge. And if you get around that edge of a blitzing defense, that's a chunk play right there. And I think that's one of the ways you kind of take advantage of an aggressive defense. Oftentimes when you hear about, uh, you know, this defense is so aggressive, the way that you talk about beating them offensively is quick screens to receivers. Offensive line, peel out, quick screen to a running back. Wide runs. Let, let them get into the backfield. You're not going to be in the backfield. You're going to be out wide. That's an important part of attacking this defense, I think, is taking that handoff and getting out wide. Another thing I think you have to do as far as getting out wide, run that mother truck and ball. Uh, the Gamecocks run defense has been awful, both inside and out. I think that's important because it's not just like, oh, their interior is weak. Their, their ends don't contain enough. No, they are a bad run defending team. One of the worst in the SEC, which is fantastic. I think at least, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, they're not great, Bob. So, so playing that run defense there. South Carolina allows the fourth most rushing yards per game. Florida allows the third most, so they ha- their run defense is better than Florida's. But, screw them. Um, no, but uh, I think that, you know, we're talking about the Gators' offense right now. Gators' defense, guess what? Spoiler alert. One of the things I talk about is going to be stopping the run. But when you're looking at the Gators' offense, the Gamecocks' defense has been bad inside and out defending the run. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Last game, averaged 14 yards per carry when running behind the center or the left guard. Florida, do that same thing, please, and thank you. Just saying. Sure, you might want to try running to the right guard of the Sars Torrance. That's fine, too. Either way, run it up the middle. It'll work. Guess what else will work? Running the ball out wide. When South Carolina played Texas A&M, Texas A&M attacked the outside shoulder of the tight end. That means if your tight end is to the right of Michael uh, Michael Tarquin or Austin Barber, whichever one's playing right tackle at that point, if Dante Sanders lined up to the right, you run outside the right shoulder of Dante Sanders. If Sanders is lined up to the left of Richard Garage, you run to the outside of the left shoulder of Dante Sanders. And, and that helps you get to the outside. It puts you in good position to be lined up with defensive backs. And if linebackers are coming at you, they got to take an angle to meet you. I don't know if you guys know this. Bo Jackson had a great phrase where he was like, well, I met their angles with acceleration. Meaning that when they start closing in on an angle, you you just kick that into the next gear, which we know Montreal Johnson and uh, Trevor Etienne and Anthony Richardson all have that next gear. You kick it into that next gear. Screw their angles. What are they going to do about you? Screw their angles. Screw their angles. But when attacking the outside shoulder, Texas A&M averaged seven and a half yards per carry. Explosive plays should happen if you're the Florida Gators. We also thought that against Texas A&M, and it took a really long time for things to open up. So I will say that. That was disappointing, where Florida should have probably killed them on the ground. Florida did pick up a lot of yardage. A lot of that was Anthony Richardson with explosive plays. But offensive, offensive line... Got to come out firing. Got to come out ready to play. Run the damn ball and win the damn game. And then guess what? This win, one win away 
bowl eligibility. Yeah, bowl eligibility isn't the goal of the season. But once you're bowl eligible, you can kind of have a little bit of fun with things. Obviously, you want to finish 8-4, and four, but once you have that, that monkey off your back of being bowl eligible, that's a great relief off the shoulders there. I'm looking forward to interviewing Hayden Hansen next week when they're hopefully bowl eligible. We're about to talk about how this Florida defense can handle this South Carolina offense, which could give them fits. But first, we're going to take a quick word from Underdog Fantasy because this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's easy to play and win cold, hard cash in a single game. I know I've had a lot of fun this week. Guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the, the same approach that I've been taking. Anthony Richardson rushing yards. Montreal Johnson rushing yards. Usually, I take the rushing yards for the other team, but Marshawn Lloyd is still at this point a game-time decision, so he's not up there right now. I'm taking Spencer Rattler rushing yards because he's mobile. We'll talk about that. He could pick up extra yards in a, in a hurry. That's not that much. So you know what? He, he can get it in one or two carries. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and the underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100. Get another $100 free. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. When we're talking about this Florida Gators defense attacking the South Carolina Gamecocks offense, a lot of it is going to come down to this. Linebackers have to be ready to go. Um, South Carolina wants to run the ball. No matter who is going to be playing, whether it's Marshall Lloyd, whether it's Jaheim Bell back there, whoever it is, South Carolina wants to run the ball. Like a lot of college offenses, like a lot of offenses in general, like a lot of SEC offenses, running the ball opens up everything. You want to run the ball, South Carolina wants to run the ball. One thing that Andrew Lyon mentioned yesterday, of course, Andrew Lyon, if you didn't listen, the host of Locked On Gamecocks, we had a crossover yesterday, as we do every Thursday, crossover Thursday. Andrew Lyon mentioned Jaheim Bell being a matchup nightmare. Because Andrew Lyon was like, hey, Ventron Muller, you're going to have your hands full with Jaheim Bell. Will he? Will he? I don't know. He might. He might. We've, we've seen it happen before. But I'm looking at Trey Dean. I'm looking at Trey Dean and I'm saying, do you have it in you again? Because Trey Dean has played good football at least past two weeks. He's played good football. Georgia played a good game. Texas A&M, he played a good game. Jaheim Bell is a freak that you haven't really seen before. He's not Brock Bowers built-wise or strength-wise. He's faster. Jaheim Bell, 6'3", 230. Tight end, running back, hybrid. The dude has 35 carries this season. He's a tight end. 35 carries this season. That is ridiculous. Like, that, that is truly incredible. Against Vanderbilt, he had 16 carries. That's a lot. He's going to run the ball again if Marshawn Lloyd is not eligible, if Marshawn Lloyd is uh, not, not healthy enough and not cleared to play. But, it, okay, let me put it this way. If he's operating out of the backfield, you can comfortably say it's going to be Ventrell Miller or Mari Bernie on him, which is why if I'm South Carolina, I'm putting Jaheim Bell in the backfield. So I'm doing it. But if he's lined up at tight end or out wide or in the slot or anywhere else outside of the backfield, I'm putting Trey Neen on him if I'm Patrick Tony. I'm saying, hey, you know what? 
we got a six three dude. It's pretty damn athletic too. We're we're gonna line him up and we're gonna see who who's is better, and we're just gonna see what happens there. Look, Jaheim Bell is a matchup nightmare. When we were on locked on crossover Thursday with with uh, Andrew Lyon, I said I was like, look, he's not as good as Kyle Pitts. I don't think anybody's going to make that argument. But he's he's an athletic nightmare in the same sense. He's going to be too big for a lot of safeties. Not trading. He's going to be too fast for a lot of linebackers. Fair. But he's not going to be too fast for trading. And uh, I think that's an important part where Patrick Tony kind of has hands full where you go, well, we want to play zone. We want to do these things. But we're, we're trying to work more man into the defense in recent weeks. You can see that this is a good game to play that man coverage. But one of the things that comes with man coverage against South Carolina is getting exploited in the run game. This is something I probably should mention last segment. Anthony Richardson, run the ball yourself too, because South Carolina is going to be playing a lot of man coverage. You're going to have space to run. Just, just note that. But guess who else wants to run? Spencer Rattler. He does that. Dating back to watching him on QB1, Spencer Rattler has been able to extend plays and run the ball, and he's, he's done that well. Ends, edges, whatever you want to call them, you have to contain. Because especially if you have your linebackers and man coverage, I, I think that Florida will approach it as in probably a lot of cover one with Amari Bernie in, in uh, a spy on Spencer Rattler. But ends you have to contain, edges you have to contain, whatever you want to call them, you have to contain. Because Spencer Rattler, his entire career, has done a great job of extending plays. And here's one of the things where Spencer Rattler does this as well as NFL quarterbacks. When Spencer Rattler extends plays, he is the type of quarterback that keeps his eyes downfield. He is looking to throw the ball. Can he run? Sure. Is he effective when he runs? Yes. Does he like to run? Probably. Probably a little bit of fun. But his bread and butter when he's extending plays and playing that that's backyard football style, he still wants to throw the ball. Ends you have to contain. You have to keep him in the pocket. You have one of the best interior defensive linemen in college football in Javon Dexter. Has he had a bad year? Yep. Not going not gonna to pretend that's changed. But, and seem to contain Jervon Dexter, Chris McClellan, Desmond Watson. I don't care who it is. Need to get pressure from the interior. Yes, Jervon Dexter's an end. Whatever. He plays three tech still. He's still lining up on the interior and making plays. So, you got to push the pocket from all angles and contain the run from the outside because Spencer Rattler will make your life a living heck if you let him contain, play that defense. And again, part of the de- part of the issues with man coverage is that if you don't contain, he's going to have yards to pick up. I think they want to play more man. You'll probably see more cover one again. Amari Bernie, probably going to be the underneath man in spy, but if he blows an assignment, which just happens. I don't, I don't care who you are. It happens. That could be a big play, and that could really screw Florida up. We're about to talk about 
recruiting in portal season again, because I feel like this is something that I have to talk about every day because I, I see it on, in Twitter spaces and just on Twitter feeds and on forums and all that. But first, a quick word from Simply Safe because guess what? Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe, and the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. That's wild. Like, 4 million is a lot. Just saying. Just if you, in case you didn't know. At Simply Safe, your safety is the most important thing. I've told you before, I use Simply Safe. In my own home, I got a call while I was on vacation. We went to Portugal in June. It was really fun. Uh, and it was like, hey, dog, someone's in your yard. It was a kid getting a ball. False alarm. No big issue. You know this. You've heard the story a billion times. But I'm glad that I had it because if it wasn't a kid with a ball in a yard and I didn't have Simply Safe and it was like someone actually trying to get into my house, would have been pretty screwed. Uh, but you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown college to learn more. And remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about recruiting and portal season because it is coming up. The transfer portal for college football opens December 5th, less than a month away. Yeah, get 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 excited for it. Um, get ready for it. Buckle in. Just 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 buckle in. Get the seatbelts ready because it's going to be a trip, Gators fans. I know I spoke about this the other day. I think there's going to be 12 to 15 guys at the portal for Florida. That's what I said. I said I think it's going to be 12 to 15. And I know that in the Lockdown Gators Discord, which is linked in the description below, of course, um, they were like, what? That's a lot. I spoke to someone on Wednesday. And I was like, hey, I think it's going to be 12 to 15. And he said, I think it's going to be a little bit more than that. So Bumby Riot, if you're, if you're a fan of chaos, if you're an agent of chaos, if you're into chaos, you're going to have fun. And here's the thing, too, where I feel like a lot of Gators fans are thinking of this as, oh, my God, we're going to lose so many, so many players. Everyone is going to. It is not an indicator of people being unhappy. It is not an indicator of anything. The kid won the Boletnikov last year, Jordan Addison, at Pitt. He went to USC. He transferred. Kids transfer, whether it's NIL whether it's wanting to take a step up in competition and kind of show like, like Osiris Torrens went from the Sun Belt to the SEC. Partially, yeah, he was following Billy Napier. Uh, but he also took visits with Alabama and other programs where he was genuinely considering them. And guess what? Had he gone, he would have dominated. Uh, but, but part of that is kind of looking at your NFL future and going, I need to take a step up in competition. So you're going to see a bunch of group of five kids transfer out. It happens every year, and they're going to come to the Power Five, and we're going to find out how good they are. Cam Ward with Washington State was at Incarnate Word. I interviewed him when he was at Incarnate Word, and I was like, yeah, like, like he's talented. Would love to see him outside of Incarnate Word and, and in a Power Five program. Now he's with Washington State. Kids happen. Other kids, a lot of times, it's like, hey, I'm not – performing as well as I thought I would at, at the SEC level, I'm going to step down. I'm going to go to the Sun Belt. I'm going to go to the MAC. I'm going to go to the Mountain West. Things like that where you're not going to know the reason most of these kids transfer. You're just not. 
and you're going to rack your brain trying to think about it. Ain't going to happen. Florida's going to lose a lot of guys. That's okay. Welcome to college football in the modern day. That's that's just the nature of the beast at this point. It's going to happen. Guess what? Florida, going to bring in guys as well. Maybe not replace, maybe not like, you know, if you lose 15 portal guys, you're probably not going to bring in 15 portal guys, but those portal guys will be replaced with high school kids. Simple as that. You just got to add a couple starters in the portal or a couple future starters in the portal and, and replace the depth that you lose with high school kids. I've spoken about this before. I'm going to speak about it again with John Garcia this weekend where you're going to lose guys in the portal. It happens. You cannot stop it. Billy Napier on Monday even was like, hey, we have books and binders and programs and documents about what we're going to do, who we think is a risk, who we think is a portal risk from our program, from another program, maybe to our program, if we're going to be interested in them, all that stuff. There's methods to this and there's levels to this and you are not going to know them and that's going to terrify you and that's going to piss you off and you're going to be really unhappy when you see kids hit the portal where like if it's a starter caliber player or a guy that we've been talking about for a couple of years as a future starter, you're going to be really pissed and that's okay. I like it. It's going to happen. You're going to be really pissed. You're going to love when kids come in. You're going to love when the high school kids get here. All I can say, sit down, buckle up, and whee, just enjoy the ride because it's going to be nuts for you. And again, if you're like me, you're like, I'm rooting for chaos, then root for chaos and hope for the fun. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with Tyler Fornis. We've got a few bonus episodes coming out this week. Nina Rickards, Lockdown Gators, uh, is going to be here. Florida Gators women's basketball player, guard. One of my favorite players on the team. My favorite player on the team. I don't even know why I said one off. Favorite player on the team. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage in the best conference, including the best university. University of Florida for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.